If you have an online business, you're creating content. And the way you create content is more important than ever. It's really noisy out there and learning to stand out is the only way. Hey, I'm Lindsay and I'm the host of the Content Magic Podcast, all about being an entrepreneur and creating kick-ass content to market yourself and your business. I have a not-so-secret superpower for copywriting, marketing, and content, and I've helped hundreds of folks just like you show up with a ton of confidence in the online space. I've been doing this content thing for 20 years, and I believe the real magic is a combo of intuition, creativity, and strategy. You can create content for your business without losing your mind, I promise. So tune in every week for tangible content tips, inspiring guests, and some real spicy opinions. Probably mine. Ready to dive in? Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And this is episode, not sure. Um, and I'm excited to welcome another guest, my friend Stacy. Um, hi, Stacy. Welcome. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. Oh, thank you. Um, and at the time of this recording, we have not met in person, but in a week from today, we are going to meet in person. So, which is rare, I feel, in online business that you meet people in real life with real pants on. <laughs> we were in the same room earlier this year. I fanned oh, yeah, a little that's right. bit. Oh, yeah, that's right. We didn't we did. get to talk, though. So I it feels know. like we haven't met. Okay, yeah. that's true. Okay. Well, now, okay. Anyways, um, can you tell the people who you are and where you are and what you do and who you help? Yeah, my name is Stacy Millard. I'm a fractional CFO and accountant for small businesses. We're doing things differently where we really focus on helping businesses grow. Of course, we check the tax boxes and all that kind of jazz, but we're really focused on using our superpowers with those numbers to help you have success. Um, we focus on Canadian companies. I'm located in Alberta, but we help everybody across Canada. And uh, yeah, that, that's a little bit about me. I come from the prairies. Amazing. The small town girl with no no dreams that kind of fell into entrepreneurship like most people. Really? No yeah. dreams? I had no dream. I was like, I want you. Did you ever play life as a kid? Yes. I wanted the job that was like stable and security. My parents both had um, like large business or government jobs. And I was like, okay, I just need to make a good amount of money to feel safe. And I was like, I'm going to be an accountant. Everybody needs their taxes done. And eventually it felt like I was working so many hours for somebody that just didn't care. And I'm like, there's so much potential and look at these businesses. And I saw how they impacted the world and just very much became inspired by what small businesses do. And then felt a little bit inspired to do my own entrepreneurship thing. So we ran that um, road and course. Nobody in my my family is an entrepreneur. So that mm. had to go first. Interesting. Um, okay. So tell me, Tell me like the road to entrepreneurship. So did you work full time as an accountant? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've worked uh, for a few different accounting firms, definitely small businesses. I loved it. I worked a very short period of time for a large corporation and found that you're like one piece of the puzzle. You're just kind of this cog or this number on this big mission. And I loved working for small firms. I got to do everything and see everything and, and feel like I had impact. But there was a point, like I mentioned, where I was like, I'm working all these hours and I feel like these clients aren't taken care of and the employees aren't taken care of. I'm like, this is nonsense. So my husband and I took a leap. We moved and I was like, OK, I'm going to try this entrepreneurship thing. I had a contract. So this is one thing I love giving um, entrepreneurs advice is that 
a lot of the time for like, I would say 90% of people, if they try to jump right in without having that safety net or having some form of income, it's too much. Money is safety to our nervous system. So instantly we're like shut down. We become panicked, we become fearful. And like, that is not a good way to do business. So for me, I had the safety net. I had a contract to do some work. And then I did the entrepreneurship on the side. I love giving people that advice of like, most people are not the jump all in kind of people. It sounds sexy and it is not when you get into it. it is not. So, yeah. Yes, I agree. And I think, and and I, I just recently lost a, launched a podcast episode about how, you know, there's this weird like pressure to like, unless you're, you're all in and you don't have a part-time job or you're not like, you know, your entrepreneurship thing is not like a side gig to your full-time job. There's like some weird, like, it's like taboo. Like you can't talk about it. And I'm like, why, why is that? Uh, like, why can't we, you know, why can't you work at the Starbucks like three days a week or whatever it is, like whatever your part-time job is, like, why can't we talk about that? Because yes, I agree. Um, you know, m- money does affect our nervous system. And there's been times when, you know, I've I've launched something like some program and I had this weird, desperate energy around it because I was like, I just need the five people to pay my car payment or whatever. And like, you don't want to you don't you don't want to, you know, transmit that energy to your potential clients. Yeah. And what I'll say is like for myself, when I sort of like titrated in or like took those stair steps into it, I came at it purely from service. And like, when you see businesses do well, it is because that's what they get to do. I focused on talking to my clients. Like if you're talking about copywriting, it came naturally for me to be like, this is how I can help you. This is how I make your life easier. And that was where my success came from. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was like, oh my God, I just need you to like sign because I have to pay my bills this month. Yeah. Yeah. So And I think there's even more shame for the people who like bought into that marketing message that like some uneducated person is telling you like, you need to go all in. I was like, no, you really don't, don't like going all in is more of a concept of committing to the business, not being wavering about it, committing to it, finding time for it, putting in the effort, but going all in doesn't mean you can't have something else on the go because you still parent, you still do all sorts of other things in life. You eat, you, you know, you exercise, you do all this stuff. So it's not just live and breathe business. Yes. Agreed. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, And more and more. And I think, you know, from a lot of my guests and a lot of my community, um, you know, and I talk about this all the time, like how I'm like anti-hustle culture, but mm-hmm. I, but I still get sucked into it myself. Like, and it's just me, like, this is the business right here. I mean, I have other people that help obviously, but, um, I still get sucked into like the weird hustle thing, like the butt in the seat, right? Like this, you know, for example, my kids went back to school this morning. Um, and I was like, Oh, I got, I got to get to my desk. Like, but for what? Like, it was like, 820. I didn't have a meeting till 9am. Like, why do I have to sit here? Why can't I like, I don't know, doodle or drink my coffee? Like this idea, right? Like it's ingrained in us. Yeah. And I think it's an interesting concept because one, I think that we are like wired to progress and move on. So like that act of, um, doing the work, even if it's not maybe netting the results, feels good. I'm actually starting this book called Dopamine Detox. And it explains at the start that dopamine isn't a feel good drug. It's like a pro 
progress drug, right? So like every time we're like starting something or like we're putting in the action, that's what makes us feel good. So we're actually like wired to do some work, but I think it's a constant balancing of reminding ourselves like what is just like this dopamine fiend, like I need more, I need more that's unhealthy. And then what is effort? And effort feels good. Having a purpose feels good because without a purpose, we feel very lost and it's like also the opposite. So we have to consciously manage the fact that our brains and our bodies want that dopamine. And the more that we get, it's like almost, um, it wants more and more with like, okay, we can't do nothing. So we have to manage ourselves, right? I don't think it's ever gonna be this like, oh, I've learned how to handle it. It's always going to be checking yourself. Yes. Oh, I like that. Constantly checking yourself. Yes. Um, Switching gears a little bit. So tell me what a fractional CFO does. Yeah. The way that I like to put this to people is that bookkeepers put some data into a system. It pulls a bunch of reports, but they don't really tell you what those reports mean or how they affect your business. Accountants are focused on compliance. We want to file the taxes. We put these, again, put some reports together. A fractional CFO, just the fractional piece just means that we're not working full time for you. You don't have to pay full time prices. But the CFO piece is like the magic especially working with us, like our focus is on entrepreneurship. I've been an entrepreneur multiple times. I get what it's like to be in your shoes. And then we use those numbers that the accountants and the bookkeepers prepare to you to help skyrocket your business. So we come at it from like, what is your mission? What are your values? How do you want to do business? What's important to you? That's also unique. And then looking at how do you make money? So we start looking at things like cutting costs, increasing revenue, the strategy behind it. And usually where a lot of people fall short is that they look at it at the surface level, but we go 10 layers deep to make sure that the strategies that we're putting out are going to have the effects that they want. And the other magic behind a CFO is that we're testing and tracking it over time because I find with a lot of entrepreneurs, they make decisions that are like very quick and like shoot from the hip. They're like, okay, I need more revenue. I'm just going to throw this out there and then it doesn't work or maybe it does, but they don't know why. So it's like they can't repeat it. If it doesn't work, they don't know why it didn't work. Maybe it's just like actually a little tweak and like now all of a sudden you could have some success from it, but then they're on to the next thing. And so they're just constantly on this like not quite there maybe it's a struggle bus or maybe it's just the not quite there bus and they can't put their finger on why things aren't working well. And that's what we use numbers to do is really have you feel the success from your business. I love that. And so it's more like a, you're looking at sustainability, right? Rather than just like a quick win, um, yeah. quick cash injection. And like you, ha- you have to sort of look at the um, long term. Yes. And I love that because as someone um, who's like purely creative, and I'm very good at winging it. And I, for the longest time, you know, like I've been doing this technically for like 10 years, right? Um, in the early days when I was freelancing as a copywriter, I just would be like, sure, you transfer me this much money. Okay, sure. Like I didn't even have a website until like six years later because it was like, you know, I had babies and I was breastfeeding and, you know, like I was just taking on random clients. Um And still, when I sort of made things even more official over the past three years, like still, I just was like, okay, I'm going to put this out here, put this out here. Like, you know, I only opened a business account like a year ago. I was like, oh, that seems like a good idea. So I feel like there's people like me who are like super good at the creative part. 
and not so great at the sort of, um, well, what you do, obviously. So I feel like there's more people that need you. And I think in the creative world, there's like this resistance because they think like, oh, if I look at the numbers, like I'm going to lose all the creativity, but that's actually not the case. First of all, we still keep the heart of the business. So they think like, if I'm worried about money, then I lose my desire to help my client and the, the passion behind it. But what we do is we keep the passion because if you're not earning and profiting what like a reasonable amount is for your efforts and what you feel is a reasonable amount, you're going to give up, you're going to quit, or you're going to get stressed out and you're going to lose the creativity anyways. So how we show up is in a way that like basically reports to you. We act like we're a part of your business and we are like, okay, like, hey, we see this mission. We know how you like to work. And this is like some of the ideas that we have. Like, here's some next steps. How do those work for you? If you're like, no, we go back to the drawing board, right? It's a very collaborative process, but it is like we report on all the things that you just don't like Mm -hmm. working on. It's like, go do the work and just report to me. Just tell me. Tell me what I need to know so I don't have to pay attention to the details. Oh, that's amazing. So basically, you're like taking a chunk of stuff off of people's plate and being like, let me handle this. So you focus on the part that you're good at. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest, like the other thing is, if you look at what you're good at, like I could never do a website. I'm not an expert in copywriting. Like I could not do many of those things because I haven't. A, been educated in it. I haven't invested the time learning it and then put in the reps to get good at it. So I wouldn't expect you to do what I do. I've spent 17 years doing this. And so I basically do what would take you days and days and days. You wouldn't get the results that I get because I've just, I put in reps. I can lift heavier weights, right? So we use that skill to kind of complement what you do. And then I hire people for marketing. Nice. <laughs> nice. Right? Because I'm not good at that stuff. Like any, you know, we hire out what we're not good at. That's actually the ultimate flex in business is admitting where you're not strong, like when where you've got a weakness or you lack strength and complimenting yes, it well. I totally agree. And I think um, you know, and I and I think what you just said is like also a testament to just stay in your own lane. Like this is what you're good mm-hmm. at. Just keep doing that. Right. Like you said, you put the reps in, you've got 17 years of experience, you know, like nobody's going to come to you, be like, Stacy, um, you know, my toilet's broken. Can you help me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. and I think that's where, where people get mixed up is that they want to be, they want to be everything to everyone because they don't want to leave anybody out, especially people who are just starting. Um, but I, I think the opposite is true. If you focus on the thing that you're really good at, like for me is obviously copywriting and content. And for you, it's 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 numbers and making money, um, you know, just focus on that. So if somebody asks me about like Facebook ads, I can be like, I don't know, go talk to somebody else. Like, I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm like, yeah, sure, I could figure it out. I could Google it, but I'm not going to pretend I know anything about Facebook ads because I don't. So I'm going to send you to someone else who's like an expert at it. So I think it's you know, people get mixed up when they're trying to talk to everyone. And it's like choosing a restaurant for 12 people. Like, no, just choose the one thing. I think there like comes a level of fear with that too, 
the the people that I see making that decision of like, oh, well, I took a master class mm-hmm. or I, you know, was at a webinar one time for ads. So I'm going to start doing ads. It definitely comes from this like fear mindset of like, I need to make money, you know, back to that. How do I make money? And you're focused on that. Because if you really came at those decisions from like a service mindset, you know, you are not doing that client the best service for their, their, um, investment really. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it's up to us to, like, I was just thinking about this in the shower. because <laughs> <laughs> Shower thoughts are the best. It's, it's shower thoughts are like dog walking thoughts. Um, I just was thinking, yeah. I'm like, you know, there's so many things that we, we apologize for that we don't need to. And one of them is like saying no to somebody um, or, or like referring them out. Like that's, you, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. Like you can't possibly know everything about everything. And I think, and I agree, like I remember in the early days, you know, I would take on copywriting clients and I just was like, this is not a good fit, but you don't know any better. And I think with experience, you're kind of like, this client is not like, this doesn't match my expertise. Um, I'm sorry, but I can't help you with this. You know, like I've been in business long enough that like I know what my lane is. I think sometimes we maybe we don't, but I know what my lane is. So I like to just refer people. I don't ask for a fee. I just refer people and I hope to do business that same way because that's I grew up in a very traditional business. Like I grew up with my business and that's what we just did. We sent referrals to lawyers and insurance agents and all these people. And we never expected a payment back that the online world kind of creates. But what I will say is if you are looking at it from a business perspective and you're like, I am referring to this person all the time, there's actually ways to incorporate that in your business. Like maybe you white label an agency where you're like, hey, I'm not going to learn how to do ads, but my clients are asking for it all the time. So I'm going to bring in an aspect where I basically have this team that looks like they're my team, but that's not my team. And I can provide that service to my clients. I make a bit of money from it. Maybe you do, you know, have some affiliate or referral fees that go back and forth. So like there's ways to incorporate it and potentially profit from it. But what I really don't like is when people like almost advertise that they can do something that they're really not good at. I agree. Totally agree. Um, Stacy, you're lovely. Likewise. I love I chatting know, with too. you. I feel like we could do this all the time. Um, tell me, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm not using the video, but um, if you could see me now, you'd see I'm using my daughter's headphones because mine are um, not charged. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's a good time today. Um, tell the people where um, they can find you and how they can work with you. Yeah. So I'm Stacy S-T-A-C-I dot Millard on Instagram or LinkedIn. You could also follow the accounting firm, which is Thrive Accounting on Instagram. We put out a ton of content in terms of like giving advice and things like that. And then also small business school, which you've been on. So you can follow the podcast. Nice. Um, and what are you working on right now? Me. Um, a couple things. One, we because we just reopened the accounting firm, uh, a little bit of history is I built an accounting firm, sold it, and I'm rebuilding it the way that I think really serves people well. So we are working with new clients and growth there. And then we also have the business breakthrough masterminds as a way of uh, helping people. So we're focused on growth All right, this tell year. Tell me a little bit more about the mastermind. I don't think it's open yeah. anymore, but if there's a next, if there's a next cohort, tell us about it. 
Yeah. So they're one day events and they are absolute magic. Every single person gets time, the front of the room focused on their business, um, having a room full of other people, their perspectives, experiences come together to help you either get unstuck from where you are or really, you know, work faster towards that goal. Um, and then we also have three coaches who are very experienced, um, ideally many steps ahead that we can help propel you faster. But it's my absolute favorite way it's just this one day super potent and then you get to go do Amazing. the work so our next uh next event will be in april and where is that taking place in burlington oh, ontario okay. yeah. so such a glamorous location yeah, yeah the pearl I get, hotel i yeah, don't know well if that, you've been well that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's oh yeah, yeah sorry we yeah, met there that's the, that's the only yes. yeah that's the last time we saw each other but not really um okay we'll put all that in the show notes thank you for coming thank you so much for your time of course, toodaloo. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode on social media. And don't forget to tag me on Instagram at Lindsay Smith Creative. And if you do all three, I'll be your best friend forever and invite you to all my birthday parties. That's it for today, and I'll see you next time.